welcome to the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast. Here, we use our 15 years worth of sales and business experience to explore the common sales fears and niggles that business owners and freelancers face every day. If you're new to sales, you're scared of sales, or you're just starting out in business, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode six of the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast. And today we are talking about cold calling. Uh, surely nobody ever does that anymore. Um, and looking at cold calling in the 21st century. So this is the second episode of this cold calling two-parter. Last week, we were talking about the fear of rejection around cold calling. And we had a very special guest who was Stephen, who is a strategy and insights consultant. Um, And that was a really, really great episode. So if you've not heard that one yet, do go back and have a listen to it. So if you are new around here, I am Ria. I have 15 years experience within sales in its various capacities. Um, I've worked in ad sales, I've worked in telesales call centers, I've worked in tech, I've worked in publishing, uh, more consultative environments. Um, And I am here as always with my co-host Richard. And together we run Seek, which is a sales consultancy for freelancers, uh, small and large businesses, and anyone who might just be new to the world of sales. And we provide lots of training and workshops and sales strategy sessions and and lots more other cool stuff. Um, So uh, without further ado, hello, Richard. Hello. How are you? Good. Yes, Um, you're right. We do lots of cool stuff. We do do lots of cool stuff. I should say, um, for anyone that's listening to this, um, Richard and I haven't actually seen each other in person for um, a few weeks now. So this um, podcast that we do every week is like, it is actually like a really nice um, opportunity for us to catch up with each other. Um, so what we do that before we start recording. So that yeah, can to it. yeah, of course, you know, you know, you don't need to know about, you know, what, what we've been up to, but um, are, are you well? Do you have tea? Are you ready? I don't know. I mean, people might want to know about your, you know, the problem that you've been having with your fence in your garden. I don't know, you know. Well, you know, if they do, they can they can message me privately, and I'll be happy to to fill them in. Or it may the fence saga in my garden is so extensive that I could potentially do a whole other podcast. Um, each episode would be, you know, an, an, another bit of the saga. Right, but um, wouldn't that be called like fencing for people who hate fences or something? <laughs> at this point i hate fences very much um but basically this morning someone came around to do the next part of fixing the fence um a problem which i've been having now for for over a year and he just knocked on my door to tell me that he's having to go home now and he can't fix the fence today um because he was using a metal pole and he put the pole down a hole and it's now disappeared and he said that it's he he said to me it looks like it's hit an old air raid shelter right which is lucky, so, really, because if he didn't tell you that he was going for the reasons you just mentioned, then you would have been telling him to go because we're trying to record a podcast. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. I was just about to, to go and tell him to, you know, quieten down a little bit. 
Um, but he was he was waiting by the door and ready to knock and tell me his latest developments. Um, but basically, you know, if you're interested and you want to hear the, the fence saga, then I'm here all week. Just drop me a message and I'll fill you in. Right. Yeah. They probably <laughs> won't, to be fair. Huh? They probably won't. They won't. No. Well, you, know, you never know. Some people might care about me. You know, that's a hope anyway. Right. Um, so listen, this episode, um, we are again talking about cold calling. Um, we had a great episode last week. We had, as I mentioned, a special guest, Stephen, um, who is from our Facebook community um, that we've, we've t- talked about before. Um, and we were talking about the fear of rejection around cold calling. Um, and this week, um, we are talking about cold calling again, but we're talking about this idea that cold calling is dead. Nobody does it anymore. And if that's the case, why aren't they doing it? Um, so Richard, I'd like to start please by asking you how many cold calls do you think that you received last week? Well, in stereotypical nature, this isn't exactly a cold call, I don't think. Um, right. You'll have to decide whether you think it qualifies as a cold call or not. Um, so I think it was Friday, Friday uh, morning. Um, I made an inquiry via uh, a website. Right. Uh, as a, uh, this is a company that's based in the US, and because I was interested in one of their services, and, and they have a thing, a, a form you can fill out on the website. Says, if you're interested, put your details, in, and we will email you to schedule a call. Right. I thought, okay, great. Uh, so I did that. And then a couple of hours later, my phone rings whilst I was incredibly busy in the middle of something, as I always am, something incredibly important. Probably, probably You were probably in the middle of doing something for this podcast, weren't you? That's the most important thing in your life. Mm, or one of them. generally speaking to me. Right. It could be, but it wasn't. Uh, right. It was something else incredibly important. Anyway, um, so my phone rings, um, and yeah, on an iPhone, which I have, um, it come, if, you, if they're not in your contacts, uh, it comes up on the screen, the, the number. Um, I don't know what it's like on, on lesser Android phones, but on an iPhone, uh, it comes up. and it, So it came up this number, um, this American number, and I'm thinking to myself, who's phoning me from America? That's really weird. You know, I wasn't mm. quite sure what that, what that was. So I kind of stared at my phone blankly for a couple of seconds trying to figure out what, what might be going on because I think, figured it might be, uh, you know, a local call trying to spoof a US number and all sorts of dramatic things went through in my in my head. Okay. And I figured out that it was probably this company that I put this form request through earlier on in the morning. So I mm. answered it and, and my suspicions were proved to be correct and it, and it was them. Now, is there a cold call? You know, mm-hmm. they didn't schedule it like they said that they were supposed to and they were going to. But at the same time, I, think, I did put forward some requests for information. So I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, personally for me, like I wouldn't classify that as a cold call um, because at that point you've already established yourself as potentially a warm lead. You know, you've, you've said that you're interested in it and you've also given your name perhaps, but certainly your telephone number. Um, so no, I wouldn't say that that's a cold call. Um, a cold call that we would be perhaps talking about is, you know, more of a traditional cold call, maybe like in the olden days, back in the, back in the day. Um, people like me that worked in uh, sales environments, and I've spoken about this a couple of times on, on this podcast, uh, would be given, you know, a list of names or a phone book or something else. And you just be told to 
cold call you know 100 people in in a day or whatever so that's um really what we mean about a cold call so now i want you to think about the number of cold emails that you got um not ones where you've signed up for something already and blah 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 blah, blah but just like straight up cold emails um that you've received i don't know if you have your emails open in front of you maybe you can do a quick count um perhaps over the last week or something like that. Um, the reason why I say this is because I can absolutely guarantee that you got more cold emails than you did calls. For sure. Um, the thing is they pretty much automatically go into spam. Yeah, of course. You know, and I'm one of these people, weird people, um, you know, for people who haven't figured that out already, um, who do actually check my spam folder a couple of times a day. Um, yeah. And when I when I do, um, inevitably there are cold emails in 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 there, um, and and they tend to follow a, a lot of the sort of stereotypical um, structures of of those kinds of emails. So it's, it's probably a good ten to fifteen in there, I would say, from the last week. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, as I proved you're going to receive more cold emails than you did calls. So, uh, spoiler alert, cold calling is not dead. But it is the 21st century, so there are things that you can be doing that are a little bit different, that are going to make you stand out from the crowd. Um, basically, if you're still partying like it's 1999, then cold calling might not be working for you right now. Um, but if you do it with the right messaging, um, then sure, it absolutely works. And as I proved with Richard looking at his email list, if you think that the majority of salespeople and also marketing people have this mantra in their minds that cold calling is dead, and they're all sending emails that probably never get read um, and probably go into the junk and never get seen, unless you're Richard who, who does actually check his, his junk. If I don't read the emails, I definitely don't reply to them. Right, so why wouldn't you want to be different and stand out and be the person that's making the phone call rather than sending, you know, another email that's just going to go straight into to junk. Um, and I do know the answer to that question. So it's slightly rhetorical. Um, it's because cold calling is scary. Um, I've been in a lot of sales job myself where I haven't really liked doing the cold calling that much. Um, and I've also been in other environments where the cold calling has been really easy and successful. Um, so I think it's, it's often about making sure that you have the right support behind you. You know, if you're working in an office, it's good to have good management or um, a, a, a somebody on the outside, perhaps, that's giving you good support. Someone like me, um, the right pitch um, and also a passion for the product or the service. Um, and actually, cold calling is a lot easier than it was back in, you know, 1995 or whatever. Um, because we have so much at our disposal that we can find out about a prospect before we even start, you know, which is things like their name and their job title, where they live, the stuff they like, the sports teams they support. And all of this information is right at your fingertips. So you should absolutely be using it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, I was thinking we don't really have LinkedIn or whatever in 19, what did you say, 1997? No, well, yeah, 1995, Whatever. you didn't have, you know, you didn't have LinkedIn. You probably had like, uh, I mean, when, when, did, when did the internet get invented, Richard Torbell? Uh, well, it became much more prevalent in the mid to late 90s, didn't it? You know? Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I mean, I would have been at primary school in 1995 and I certainly don't remember it, the internet being, um, being something that, you know, people had in their homes or in their offices 
Mm, my my dad's you know as, as techy and geeky as I am, uh, but we so we didn't have just one computer um, in in our house. We had two. I actually had my own internet connected computer um, with all of the dial up wonder in 1998 something like that so right right and i think i i would say yeah i I suppose if i look back to my time i probably we we had a computer with dial-up aol internet probably you know around the year 1999 2000 or something like that but Mm -hmm. i think um computers as a concept that as something that everybody holds in their hand you know it, it is very much a 21st century um, phenomenon really you know um, and now we have you know social media we have you know all this information right at our fingertips you know like LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter and you can google somebody's name and find out information about them and and obviously there, there are questions to be asked about that and you know is that right and should you be able to do that I don't know this is not the time to discuss it but you know you can if you want to find out lots of information about your prospect before you speak to them and a lot of that information can be really super valuable for you in in building rapport finding out about what they might be doing at their company and and how you can uh, you know make that relevant to the service that you're offering you know yeah i mean i think the the first i can hear people already um who are listening in saying to themselves but you know i've got to make 150 calls today i don't have time to do that yeah of course and and that's why i say you know i've been in environments just like that you know um i'm not going to name any names i don't want to get in any trouble um but i can name you know i could name uh, a couple of environments where i worked where you know you're expected to make you know 60 to 100 calls in a day um and you you know it wasn't a case of you weren't allowed to research prospects although i'm certain that that probably is the case for some people um it was just that that, that there's no time right um and and that's and that's really difficult um and uh i suppose what i want to say to those people is it's not your fault you've just got really bad management and there are lots of companies out there that will really value somebody like you somebody that wants to make a difference and wants to make sales calls that are different with value and real meaning behind them and i would say to you go and get one of those jobs like don't don't stay working for somebody that wants you to make 60 or to 100 calls a day um where you're adding no value to the prospect and you're just dialing out from a dialer with a with a phone book because there's a million other companies out there that would love to employ somebody like you that 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 has a vision for doing things a little bit differently you know yeah we spoke last week didn't we about uh, looking at it from the perspective of the call receiver and how we we hate to feel like we're just a number you yeah know, and it's very difficult to be able to make it personalized you know when you're tasked with that number of uh, of calls in a in a day or whatever and yeah i think that when uh, when when we do make it personal um and whether we use social media and, and those kinds of platforms to kind of start the conversation before we make a cold call sure. know, is is a good idea but either way uh, when it's more personal um we don't feel as intruded on you know yeah for sure and i think um consumers today whether you're in you know um, b2c or b2b uh generally tend to have a little bit of a negative view of cold calling and having sort of products uh rammed down their throat 
Um, and I mean, I see it all the time in business groups, and I'm sure you do as well, Richard, where someone will say something along the lines of, um, I, need to, I need to send this email or I need to call this person. But like, I, I, I don't want to appear like, like I'm selling something. I don't want to be like salesy, you know. So um, we've become terrified of this idea of calling someone up and selling to them. And I think a lot of that is because we're thinking about cold calling um, that we might have seen in some films. There's, there's a lot of um, famous films out there um, that, you know, discuss this very topic. Um, and we've seen it and they've dated and they've not aged very well. Um, and we kind of need to move on from that and bring value to our customers or our prospects when we call them and think about doing cold calling in a very different way to how people would have done it, you know, in the 90s or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, isn't it? Yeah. So listen, I've got some top tips here for calling in the 21st century. Um, and as we go through, we can just have a little chit chat about each of these. You can tell me what you think of each of these, Richard, and, and hopefully uh, people listening to this will get a lot of value out of each of these. There's five of them. So uh, this is this is going to be good, I think. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're on the Twitter, the Twitter box or whatever, you can um, we won't be able to pick up on it now because um, we record it and then we put it live. It's not a live podcast. Uh, but you can always um, mention us uh, at We Are Seek uh, if there's anything that you found particularly interesting and, and we'll, we'll happily reply, won't we? Yeah, for sure. Especially about these five things. If you're struggling with any of these five things and you want to, um, you know, maybe drop us a message, we'll be happy to, uh, happy to help. So, um, so listen, the first one is something that we've talked a little bit about already, but I think it's super, super important. So it bears repeating, um, which is number one, research your prospect. Um, you have so much information available and you can put in a little bit of effort. You can find some really vital information about your prospect that would just make your life so much easier. If you're listening and you're maybe an SDR or um, a BDR or BDM or whatever your specific job title is at a uh, company and you're not being allowed to have that time to, to put into that, that prospect, as I said before, there's a million other companies out there that would love to have you. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and, you know, if you can just before you make a call, you know, maybe what you could do is what I used to like to do um, is I used to have three things that I would like to find out about that person before I went on a call with them, um, which was generally something along the lines of their favorite animal or their favorite sports team or something like this. Um, whether they had children, because if somebody's got children and I have children and you have um, a child also as well, Richard, people that have children tend to have a lot of common ground. Um, mm. It's like people that have dogs. I have a dog. So when I meet other people that have dogs, you immediately have you know things to, to talk about. Um, and the other thing that I would like to find out about them is what was going on in their company at that particular time. So just something new and exciting about their company. So it could be like they've won an award or they've written a new blog post about some specific thing. Um, they've opened a new office. They've got some new staff, whatever it is, just find out maybe three pieces of information about that person that you can use throughout the call to, to build a bit of rapport and, and, and have that knowledge, you know? Yeah. And you know, you, you touched on an important point. The the thing that you sort of start the conversation with doesn't have to be work related. No, it, it doesn't. I think we we imagine that you get a cold call, someone goes, um, hi, is it okay to talk? My name's Richard or whatever. Um, you don't have to do that. And I think that um, people naturally find their own rhythm. Um, 
And the best types of cold calls to do are probably the ones that you enjoy. So if you find a natural rhythm, which is to ask them, you know, how their dog is or whatever it is, I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I do think that's where things like Twitter, because um, Twitter is a very kind of informal platform. Yeah, um, for sure. And I do think it's it's really good to to use that as a way of, um, you know, just starting that conversation uh, in, a, in a very informal way before you make that call and you might think well you know this person that I'm trying to get hold of um you know I, I've mentioned you know that they're into this football team or whatever but they don't reply well okay that's that's fine sometimes people don't but there's a very good chance that they've still seen it you know yeah for sure, so they might sure. So then when you when you call you know you can be like oh hey it's it's Richard you know I send you a message on LinkedIn um because I saw that you know, you also support XY sports team. And at the weekend, you know, we, we lost or won or whatever it is you, you want to say, you know? Yeah, I think you just, it's a very good way in. Um, but you have to be a little bit careful because if I've never heard from you and you phone me up and, and you say, uh, I noticed that you've got a son. I'd be like, that's just weird. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, that's, that's odd and a little bit stalky. So you've got to be, um, you've got to be tactful, I think. Um, and also I would say that, you know, when you follow a sort of procedure where you're looking for information about people and you find out, let's say, for example, you find out that they support Everton Football Club. They um, have a Labrador called Sam and they've got two kids. Right. You find that information about them because they've got that on their Twitter or LinkedIn. Because some people do put that information very readily available on their LinkedIn profile. And mm. um, what you don't want to do is you don't want to just call up and say those three facts. Oh, look, I found this out about you. That's just weird. But what you do is you have that information in your sort of armor, if you like, so that you can kind of just drop things in. You know, like what I would do is I would find out somebody had children. Right. But then I would just like casually in the conversation ask them like, oh, so, um, do, do you have children or you know or I'd say something like oh um I'll probably reply to you tomorrow because I have to go now because I'm going to be making dinner for my children now and then they would say something voluntarily like oh I've got kids do you have kids you know and it just flows like that so you have the information available but you don't necessarily use it until you need it or yeah that's absolutely right um or you do what I mentioned earlier on and you know, you, you reply to a comment that they made on social media and you do that two or three times. Right, exactly. You know, not on the same post, because that's weird. Um, but, you know, you do that two or three times and on different posts that they've made. And that might take you a week or so, you know, which, again, you know, is not so viable when you've got large numbers that you're trying to deal with. But if, if you can do that, then when you make that phone call, they will much more likely be already aware of who you are. Yeah, um, for sure. Even sure. if they haven't replied to you, you know? Yeah, so much of um, business in the 21st century, whether you're in sales or marketing or whatever it is you, you do, so much of that is about visibility and uh, making yourself known to your prospects um, before you even speak to them. So, so yeah, so that, that's number one, research your prospect. Uh, number two, now, um, according to a survey, and I say survey with a pinch of salt and maybe some... Uh, you know, um, quotation marks, um, because there's a survey for everything. Um, according to a survey, the best times to call a prospect is between 2 and 5 p.m. Um, so basically, um, to sum up this one, is that you want to be calling at the right time, you know, make sure that you're calling at the right time according to their time zone. 
um i used to have a cool thing in my old office i'd like to get again where it's like a map of the map of the world and it had all the time zones and stuff in it and, and that, that was quite cool so you can get stuff like that to help you as as a visual aid should you should you need that um and basically just call them at the right time don't call people when they're likely to be in a traffic jam or making dinner for the family and and, and things like so um if a prospect says to you something like you know what uh richard um now is not really a good time like the best time to call me is at one o'clock you know, call them at one o'clock. Don't call them at three o'clock. They've told you that the one o'clock is the best time. Um, and you might think that that's really obvious, but I've worked with a lot of salespeople in my time and the level of kind of, um, I'm going to say this kindly, arrogance, I should say, about when is the best time to call and, do, you know, that sort of thing um, is rife. You know, so just, just be respectful of people um, and make sure that you're calling at times, which is, you know, by and large convenient so there's like, always going to be surveys that that say one thing and another survey that says something else some surveys are going to say the, the best thing to do is to phone in the morning some surveys are going to say the best thing to do is to phone later in the afternoon like that's that's fine i think calling at some time is better than not calling at all yeah that you know that that's probably true i think that the main takeaway is to think about okay well okay it's nine o'clock on a monday is nine o'clock on a monday the best time to call somebody probably not you know they've just got to the office they you know probably got a billion and one things to do i mean like richard it's monday today and i know that you've been really busy this morning and i know for a fact that if someone had cold called you at nine o'clock this morning you probably would have used maybe one or two swear words, I should imagine. Excuses, probably, not swear words. Yeah, right, because it's just not a good time, you know? Mm. Um, and I think you're right. I take on board that, um, you know, people should make calls at a time that um, they're comfortable with. But all of this calling in the 21st century, I think, is all about being respectful and emotionally intelligent to work out what the prospect needs. Um, you know, back in the day, it was all about the salesperson and the salesperson just kind of like hammering the phones and getting the job done. Um, but the world's moved on and we need to be more um, empathetic when we reach out to people and, and understanding. And I think that, um, you know, uh, it, it, there's no research, I don't think, that can conclusively say that Monday is a bad time to call and Tuesday is a good time to call. I, I don't think that that um, survey exists. Um, but what I do think is you can use your common sense that uh, Monday at 9am is probably not the best time to call, to call a prospect, but Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon might, might be a better time, you know? Well, I think it's difficult because we're not necessarily a nine to five a world anymore you know yeah, some sure. people might work 10 to 2 and some people might not work on mondays and you know like you you're right you know generally speaking you know you can make an assumption that monday at 9 a.m is not the best time you're going to improve your chances if you don't do you know if you call at 5 30 it's likely that someone's either going to be on their commute home they're not actually at work because it's 5 30 yeah uh, or they're, they're already thinking about um you know chicken or salmon for dinner you know yeah, so for sure. unless you've got the answer to that question you probably shouldn't be interrupting them you know yeah right exactly and i think as well like going back to your point about maybe like a salesperson that's working in an office and is under pressure to make quota and they've got to make those calls and, and whatever else um again if you're working for a company like that move on find someone else like companies like that it's just 
as old and there are so many other um better ways to to cold call than than doing it like that you know i think we also know from experience that in those kinds of places that they the management is never taking responsibility for the for the uh, lack of outcome you know it gets pushed massively on to the people making the calls when in reality for sure sure. i mean when i was um calling um in a previous job it used to be a little bit of a running joke because i had this thing about i would schedule calls with prospects um, and whenever I scheduled calls, I would give them three time options. And those three time options were 11 a.m., 2 p.m. or 4 p.m. Um, and it became a little bit of a running joke because those were the only times that I would ever say that I was available for calls. Yeah. Um, and that's just my personal preference. I think that um, 11 a.m. is a great time. You've had your breakfast. You've settled down. You've done your admin tasks for the morning. 11 o'clock, you're ready. Then you have lunch, you come back, you do a call, then you have another break and you do another call. Um, so it became kind of this like running joke and Richard and I, you know, we've been working together for a little while and you might have noticed Richard that that pattern of times <laughs> is still very much prevalent in, uh, in what we do because I just think that those times are nice times to speak to people. I think that they're, they're good times and people like those times of the day, but that's just me, you know? Yeah, I think that there's a, a little added uh, bonus um, point in in there in that you're giving people options as yep. to, like, you know is it convenient to talk at 11 you know because then sure. they, they might it might be but it also there's a great chance that it won't be convenient and they're like no not really you know yeah, so if sure. you can then say well if you can have one of three you know um then you're much more likely to find something that works for them you know yeah for sure so i think to sum up that point it's about um being respectful of other people's time you know, just because it's great for you to call at 9am on Monday doesn't mean to say it's great for your prospect. You know, if you have found out information about them, like, for example, you know that they have children, you know, um, I can guarantee that, you know, maybe calling at six o'clock in the evening is is not a great time. So it's just about um, being respectful, being empathetic about what they might have going on and what their calendar looks like and trying to call them at a time where you think that your, um, your offering is going to be the, the best received um that's that is that good do you have anything to add to that second one Mm, no i don't think so cool um okay so number three uh is to remember that from the moment you speak people make assumptions about you um so when you make a cold call and the first five seconds you speak um you want to go for like a casual yet professional and confident tone Um, don't rush take your time make sure you speak up so you sound confident um, but equally you don't want to go for like um, super super bubbly and excited and because that's kind of annoying Um, but don't sound shy because if you sound not sure about yourself then equally you probably aren't really sure about the product and then that can be kind of off-putting as well yeah so what can we say about um, what can we uh, advise people who are already going to be unsure and a little bit shy about making these calls. Because then if somebody's shy and you're saying, don't be shy, that's very difficult, isn't it? Well, helpful, is it? Um, well, you know, we, we I don't want to plug too much, but we do um, pitch practice. Um, if people are a little bit shy and they don't really know about their tone and stuff. Um, so you can practice on uh, me. Um, if you're interested in doing that, then just um, drop us a, a message um, and uh, we can talk through about tone and 
about speed and also um, about designing together a pitch um, which flows really nicely um, and uh, allows you to feel a little bit more confident about the words that you're saying. Because often I think when people are shy, um, it's often because they don't really believe in the, in the thing that they're talking about. Okay. If you, if you yeah. asked me tomorrow to do a speech on, um, I don't know, Mozart, you know, I'd have no idea, you know, I'd have to spend so much time researching it and then I'd have to get up in front of everybody and talk about something that I'm really not sure about and I would feel nervous and shy or whatever. Um, but if you ask somebody to talk about something that they're really excited by and they love and they get a real kick out of, then I think immediately people are a little bit more confident. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. if you are a naturally shy person, that's fine, you know. Um, the sales world... Um, believe it or not, and I say this as fact because um, I've worked in it for many years, uh, the sales world is absolutely full of shy introverts. Um, it's not just um, a platform for people that love the sound of their own voice. In fact, I would say the absolute opposite is true. Um, and going back to what we were saying earlier, of course, there are surveys for everything. Um, but there are a number of surveys which have said that actually overall over their kind of career, um, introverts are more successful at sales than extroverts. Um, so I would just say that if you are a little bit shy about making cold calls, like that's fine. Don't worry about it. Have a chat with us and, and we can help, you know? Yeah. I don't know. We, that sounded like we planned that plug, but we definitely didn't. We definitely didn't. Um, but the, one of the things we talked extensively about, uh, last episode with Stephen was, uh, the, the fact that most people are worried, you know, more, more than anything else, people are worried that, that the person on the end of the phone is going to say no. Yeah. Um, and it's being, it's being confident in yourself that actually no is, is okay. And yeah. so if, if you're listening to this and, and you haven't heard episode five, well, firstly, why? Uh, and you, you've been you doing it with your life come yeah, on well you should go and do it but um as a, as a brief summary um it's absolutely fine that people will say i'm sorry i'm just not interested you know yeah. and if that's the case you thank them for your time and you move on it's not the end of the world yeah for sure you know if you are feeling worried about that then just go go and listen to episode five because um th that was a really good episode and i think we we made Stephen feel better anyway so hopefully we can make you feel better as well but um but yeah, you know, um, the world of selling and business is full of introverts. You don't have to be, you know, super confident. Just sound, try and sound confident. You know, sounding confident is is different from uh, actually being it. What, what's the thing they say? Fake it until you make it, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of that phrase. But there, there's also a, a lot of research that... Uh, tells people that how you are in your body language massively affects how your brain perceives how you feel. Of course, uh, so, right, yeah. Yeah, so for example, if you want to feel relaxed, you slouch. Yeah. Right? If you want to feel dominant, you know, you sort of put your chest out and your shoulders back and it might feel and sound like kind of stupid, but, but it tricks your brain into making you think actually I feel confident I am confident you know yeah uh, and it sounds yeah. like one of those kind of I was gonna say a rude word then but like nonsense, very, very. Like motivational things but there's a lot of scientific research that backs it up you know so okay. if you're worried about feeling a bit shy and a bit nervous and not kind of sure whether you want to do it if you're like hunched over your your desk or whatever and, and your head is down then you're going to kind of reinforce that 
in, in your own mind. So just kind of sit in a confident way, um, especially at the moment with the world as it is. You know, a lot of people are doing the business in their pajamas. You know, um, don't do that, um, especially yeah. if you're doing video calls. Um, so yeah, just get dressed properly and, and make sure that you can kind of trick your brain into being more confident than you might otherwise be. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, it's interesting you say that because I, uh, one particular office that I worked in, um, for quite a long time, actually, um, had this thing where if you were pitching a client, you had to stand up right. and, um, I hated it. Um, because, you know, I do think there's a lot of truth in what you say. Um, I absolutely do. But I also think that people do well when they're comfortable. Um, and I, I hated standing up because, um, despite what, you know, maybe people listening to this might, might think I'm actually quite shy. Um, I, I don't really like standing up in front of a lot of people, um, especially not, you know, pitching a, a client and doing it. Um, so I used to hate it and they had this attitude very much like what you've described, which is like, you know, your body language dictates the words that you say and how you feel and so, so forth. So they had a rule that you weren't allowed to sit at your desk when you were pitching a client. Um, and I hated it. And I don't think that my pitches were better because I was forced to do something that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, so I think that, you know, that's, that's true. Um, there is a certain element of maybe, you know, making sure that you, um, uh, I have the right body language and are dressed and all that, all of that kind of thing. Um, but also I think people do really, really well in situations where they feel comfortable. It's a little bit like, did you ever, um, when you were like a kid or something and you maybe go into like a party or something and your mum would like dress you up in like a terrible outfit or something and you would just feel awful, wouldn't you? Cause you just don't, don't really feel like yourself. And I think when people don't feel themselves, they don't perform you know? Mm. Um, so that's, that's all I would say to that. I think you're right. You know, body language and tonality and stuff is all dictated in your whole person. Uh, but don't, don't feel too bad if you're not ready to step out of your comfort zone too much. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So number four, um, this is like a chart show, isn't it? I've always imagined that I could what? be a good like DJ or something. A chart show? What's a chart show? A chart show. You remember, like, um, in, in back in the day? I mean, they still have them now, but, like, you would listen to the chart show where they would, like, um, say who was number one in the UK. On the I think you think I'm much older than I actually am. On the singles chart, and they would be no, like, oh, like number two this week is the Spice Girls, number one. I mean, they still have them, I'm sure, but, like, I haven't listened to one for probably 20 years or so. No, you think I'm much older than I am. <laughs> you know I'm what I'm talking about, that's, that's true, right? What? I'm, not, I'm only 19. That's true, yeah. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Chart shows. I, I do know what you're talking about. And for people who are listening, I'm not 19. It's uh, definitely not. No. Um, uh, I, yeah. I, I, people say this to me when I, when, I, when I go out, when I actually go outside. You know, oh, you know, I, did, I couldn't, couldn't believe you're 40, you know? Yeah. You know, well, yeah. You know, yeah, but no, this is like a chart show, and I've always quite liked the idea of having my own radio show. So I feel like this is quite this is a stepping stone in that in that direction. Right. Um, so number four, um, do not use the word "I" too much. Um, so you know this is kind of obvious. Just try and ask questions about them. Focus your energy on what your prospect is doing. 
what's happening with their company what are they doing in the market are they going into any events have they written a blog recently that was interesting are they um do they have a podcast that you might have listened to that's you know you could you could talk about and um, just ask lots and lots of questions um about them so that you can link that to what you're offering um and how you can help right that was a short one yeah i mean do you have anything to say on that because i think that's kind of like fairly obvious um, and it's something that we've talked about probably in every single episode um but it is super important yeah because it's about um the consultative approach isn't it yeah for sure so you don't want to go in like um i hate those um sales that you hear where they'll say you know i'm sam calling from so and so so and we do this and we love this and we do this and then we you know it's just like oh my i, I just can't stand it it's so boring and you know, so, so a decade ago, um, you know, you have all this information at your fingertips to find out about prospects. And then, you know, when you get on the call with them, you know, you want to do a short introduction about yourself and your company, of course, that goes without saying. Um, but then what you want to do is try and turn it from a pitch into maybe an exploratory call. Um, and we talked about this in the last episode, um, where you, instead of just talking about who you are and what you do, which is boring, um, instead you kind of flip it and uh, ask them questions about about them and then link that in with the service so in the end what happens is the prospect almost kind of sells the product themselves rather than you having to do it obviously that's yeah. in an ideal world yeah and it, it, it massively flips the the mindset or, you know the, the approach mindset you're not going into it thinking i've got to persuade this person to buy whatever it is that i do because yeah that that you may be setting yourself up for failure if they're not interested but instead what you're doing is saying i want to find out whether they might be interested yeah for sure. are, great now i can i can kind of progress it to the next stage if i try to find out whether they might be interested and they're not it's fine not a problem yeah, yeah for sure that's a lot of pressure off doesn't it yeah and i think from like a uh i don't know psychological perspective um things just feel a lot better and a lot more open and stuff when somebody is asking you questions it's a little bit like um and i talked about this on the last episode and i will say it again selling prospecting pitching whatever is just like dating right no. you know you go on a date with someone right and they just talk about themselves the whole time it's really off-putting um, but if you're on a date with a man and um, he's asking you lots of questions about yourself, about you, it's like, oh, so like, what are your hobbies? What's your favorite music? Do you like this? Do you like that? You know, obviously, like, you know, there are ways to do it, which is um, not intrusive and is more sort of inquisitive or whatever. But it just feels better when somebody is asking you about you, because at the end of the day, from a basic perspective, people love to talk about themselves. Yeah. And if you give people the opportunity to talk about themselves, by and large, people love it. People so, like to know that you're interested in what they have to say. Yeah, right. You know, it's a little bit like, you know, when we talk on the phone and, and you say, how are you and how was your day? You're giving me the opportunity to talk about myself. And by and large, people love that. You know, they don't want to hear you rabbiting on about your day all day long. Well, maybe. Well, I mean, maybe I do. Who knows? Um, so listen, um, so number four is, you know, don't use I too much. Ask questions about them. Focus your energy on 
what the prospect's doing in the market, reference that to some other stuff that you might have going on. You know, if they're going to an event, you know, are you going to be at that event? Can you talk about that? So and so forth. So uh, you don't, don't talk about yourself too much because people don't really like that. Yep. Yeah. And in number five on this chart show, uh, and I think this is, a, this is a super, super important one, right? Do not make cold calls with the sole aim of closing a deal. A cold call in the 21st century should be to go in, talk to them, find out a little bit about what's going on with them and pique their interest and get them excited and intrigued about who you are and what you do. Your goal should basically be a commitment to a second call or a meeting. That's it. You shouldn't, your goal should not be to close. Wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, mic drop, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. 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 I, think, I think it's absolutely true though, isn't it? And, and it, it, yeah. helps, it helps massively in so many ways that we've already discussed. Uh, it helps people feel that they're being listened to and that, that the person who's making the call is interested in yeah. them. I mean I, will, I mean, I will say, I am going to do a slight brag here, and a little bit of a plug, you know, just to confirm that I do know what I'm talking about. I did do a one call close in my last job that was £26,000. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But basically, if you're doing cold calls, uh, you know, don't go in there with the idea that you're going to close it. If you do, I want to hear about it. Send me a message because I'm excited by one call closes and I want to know about it and I want to know how you did it and what you did. But expectation, go in with the idea that you're getting them excited about what you do and that your goal should be to set up that commitment for a next meeting. Especially if they don't know who you are. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's it. So do you, do you um, have anything you want to add or do you want me to just go through the summary? Because I love a summary. It's becoming a bit world famous now, isn't it? It is a little bit, isn't it? You know, I'm going to take over the world with this stuff. Um, so listen, to sum up, I think we can all agree cold calling is not dead. All of your competitors are probably thinking the same thing. So they're going to be using emails. They're going to be using social and all of those things are great. Um, but if you want to stand out, why not just pick up the phone and make a call? A um, couple of things to remember. Research your prospects. You know, everything is available on the internet at your fingertips. Uh, put a little bit of effort, find out a little bit of information about the person that you're calling. Uh, call at a time that is respectful to your prospect. You know, um, if uh, you're calling at, you know, eight o'clock on a Monday, that's probably not massively respectful of their time. Um, and basically, you know, if you find out things about them, like I said, you know, if you find out that they've got a family or something like that, they've got kids, Calling, you know, at six o'clock in the evening is probably not going to go down too well. Um, so just have an understanding about who your prospect is um, and, and work out a time that's going to be uh, most respectful and, and most well received. And also uh, make sure that you're aware of their time zone. Um, obviously, if you're calling to the United States, they've got about 13 million different time zones out there, um, literally. So make sure you're calling in the right time zone. Europe as well, obviously, we've got... Um, different time zones so just uh, be mindful of that um number three um make sure you sound cool and professional and casual but also confident um don't be too kind of like super overexcited and energetic because uh, that's a little bit annoying um if you are a little bit shy about cold calling uh, again drop us a message because there's some things that we can do to help with that 
Uh, number four, don't use I too much. Try and ask questions about them. Focus your energy on what the prospect is doing, and why they might be interested in you. And finally, don't go in with the aim of closing the deal. Go in with the idea that you want to get your prospect excited and interested about what you're talking about so that you can commit to a second meeting. And that is that. That's a summary. That's a summary. Um, now listen, next episode, we're going to be talking about something that we've tried to avoid. Um, I've tried to avoid it. Um, Richard wanted to do this episode probably like a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't. Um, but as things are kind of developing in the world, we've decided to do it. So we're going to be talking next week about prospecting during a global pandemic. Right. And um, I want to clarify here that it yeah. wasn't that I, I really wanted to do it because I understood that uh, we were a little bit wary um, of feeling like we were jumping on a, on a bandwagon a little bit. Um, and, and that can feel a little bit like we're just taking advantage of a, of a really bad situation for our own benefit. So we yeah, have to be exactly. like, very careful exactly. about that. Um, but I, I, so I, I did understand that and I, and I did agree with you. Uh, but I, I think what we've noticed in the last, what, few weeks, three or yeah. four weeks probably, um, is that there's, a, there's been a, a massive change in the way that people are doing business. It's more prevalent in certain industries than, than others. Uh, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, um, you know, larger companies trying to take advantage of smaller companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've seen a, a lot of people being worried about yeah. how to approach these situations, um, you know, in a way that's empathetic and, and, and whatever. So I think as we stand now, um, there's a lot of, of important information that, and, and kind of clarity, I think, that we can give to people about um how to how to approach it really so yeah. I, I don't think we're taking advantage of a bad situation i think that the people can can you know benefit from from that information you know yeah for sure i mean at the end of the day this uh this thing is not going away you know hopefully the situation is going to get a little bit better maybe then it's going to get a little bit worse we don't know, um, but I know that from in our in our Facebook group and also in other business groups as well, um, this concept of like, is it okay to like sell to people when people are going through this you know life changing event? Um, uh, and that's coming up a lot. And uh, so I'd like to share some of my opinions about that, um, but also how you can prospect with you know empathy and understanding during what for most people is um, a life-changing life-changing thing especially in in business you know yeah and um, you know so if you're listening on whatever platform that you're listening on whether it's anchor or spotify or apple Podcasts, we're on now um you know hit, hit the subscribe button and, and you know we make sure that you get that notification because we go live every tuesday um so don't forget um if you're interested in uh, listening to that episode if that's something that you've been struggling with and i think a lot of people have been you know for sure yeah and uh like i mentioned we're on twitter it's at we are seek um if you want to uh follow us or send any messages um and also our facebook group is sales for people who hate selling um it's a nice community um it's well, just over sort of i don't know 130 people something like that um and they're all there for the same reason and um basically what we do is we you know um just a bit of interaction some tips and some advice and uh, we've got a couple of pdfs that we can share with you if you join the group as well which should help you as well 
Yeah, and um, by the way, we are Sikh is S double E K E for people because I think one or two people have said that they were struggling to to find it. So it's yeah, we are Sikh S double E K E. Um, the Facebook group is great because of course it's two way, it's interactive, um, and you know we we are careful about who we let in. You know, yeah, yeah. We, you know Richard's got quite a uh, stringent entrance pro program. Yeah, we don't let any old riffraff in. You know. Yeah. Um, because we want to make sure that it's people who are there for the same reason, as as you said, you know. Yeah, people who are going to bring value to the group, um, but also uh, get a lot of value out of it, you know. So um, if you think that that's you in either of those categories, then please do come and join because um, we'd love to have you there. And uh, also, if you are in that group or you're not and you're just listening to this podcast and you might like to be a guest on this podcast, and that would be great too, um, because we'll probably have a guest within the next couple of weeks. So if you'd like to be that guest, then uh, that would be that'd be great. Just send us a message. Yeah, how do, how what's, what's our email address? How to ah, how do our email address is weareseek at gmail dot com. So uh, just do that, and and I'll pick it up. Yeah, cool. Well, we'll uh, look forward to having another Stephen. Oh, I mean, you can you can make a request if your name is not Stephen. <laughs> no such thing. Stephen was uh, it's going to go down in history. Um, okay, great. Well, I think I think that kind of sums up this episode. I've enjoyed it. Have you, Richard? I have, and I hope everybody out there has enjoyed it as well. Uh, so we'll be back next week with episode seven. Uh, so we're coming up to episode ten, aren't we? What are we going to do? Something special? Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably just like have a party. You know, probably maybe we'll invite Stephen back. Oh, we said we were going to do that, didn't we? Well, we said we were going to give him a few weeks, though, didn't we, to give us well, an update. He's gone off some of the stuff we talked about into practice. Um, so I'd like to say as well, if you are listening to this, um, and believe me, we will go in a minute. Um, if you are listening to this and you put any of these things into practice and either they work really, really well, and that's great, I would really love to like hear from you so we can talk about it because I'd love to hear what you thought about it and if you did do a one call close, as I said, or any of these things. But equally, I'd love to know if they, they're not working for you because if they're not working for you, then let's have a conversation about it because uh, I love to talk about stuff like this. And I guess if you're worried, then we can, you know, if something didn't work out, we could be anonymous, I guess, couldn't we? Yeah, for sure. You know? so, um, so, yeah, I think we'll go now. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you next week. See you later, everyone. Bye. Bye.